If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, spending money, saving money, investing money. So I have to tell you, I don't know about you, but I think all the Americans have been watching TV going, these people don't seem to get along at all. Now we're talking about the government, of course, depending upon whatever side you're on, you're either a Fox News watcher or a CNN, MSNBC watcher, and you have some strong opinions for which there's no room to consider other perspectives. But one of the things I think each side believes is that the other side absolutely hates each other and would never work together to get anything done. In fact, people lately have been calling the Congress the uh, do-nothing Congress. And even though it seems like that, and everybody's really furred in their own belief about what they think is right or wrong, or who they believe in or who they don't believe in, I gotta tell you this quiet little thing happened at the very end of 2019 that slid through a tax change that will forever change the ability for hardworking, big-saving Americans, talking to those of you who have been doing the right thing and putting money in your 401k over your lifetime, to pass that money to the next generation in a more favorable tax situation. And they just did this, and I'm going to call this show The Death of the Stretch IRA, or what should I say is, This is called the Secure Act of 2019. I'll be back to talk about why this affects you and why you should be thinking about whether or not your estate plan needs to be modified. That and more after the break. Happy New Year! 2020 kicks off a new decade. There's been a lot of change around money in the last 10 years since we had a decade turnover. In fact, In 2010, the world seemed bitter and sad. In 2020, it seems like opportunities abound. If your goal in 2020 is to get a handle on your finances, consider my book, The Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available on Amazon. Buy it for yourself or for any woman in your life that you love, that you hope will be able to get some inspiration to take control of their finances and force their own future. So as I said, you know, we're all watching the impeachment trials on TV, thinking that's the only thing that they're focused on. And why can't these people just get together and make some changes? But just before the end of the year in December, the president signed off on a bill that started in the House that was a bill to change the way IRAs are accessed. Now, let me just say it was marketed as congratulations. Those of you that used to have to take income out starting at age 70 and a half, If you are turning 70 and a half after 1231.19, you can wait until age 72. Hooray! You get an extra 18 months. Like that was some kind of a big win. 
Now, I got to tell you, the very first week, one of my clients called me up. He's 70, but not yet 70 and a half. And he called me up and he said, I think I don't have to take my IRA until 72. I got a whole nother year. And I said, yes, you do. But your kids are kind of screwed. Well, what do I mean by that? In this change, they threw in some things, what I call the uh, feel good things that people will gravitate to and say, this is great because now I don't have to take my money until I'm age 72. And that old rule of 70 and a half, which was convoluted and hard to kind of figure out and confused everybody is now simple. Great. They also put some exemptions in there for things like the minor children rule. There used to be this rule called the kitty tax rule that basically said that your kids could earn income in your bracket after a certain amount of income. So they got a certain amount of income in their tiny little bracket. And then after that, they would get the parents bracket. And it was frequently referred to as the kitty tax rules. In the Tax Reform Act of 2016, Trump did away with the kitty tax rules and basically said, minors are now taxed in the trust tax brackets, which are significantly higher. This made it not advantageous for people to put money in the names of their children because their kids were actually in a higher tax bracket than them. So when we think about this, I want you to think about this as legacy money, getting taxed at a lower bracket in the child's name versus the parent's name. Suddenly they make it more expensive to be in the kid's name so the parents keep it in their own names and pay it in their own bracket. But that was done away with. And now the kitty tax rules are back. Not that they were a great win because they frankly weren't a great win. The great win used to be when kids used to get it in their kid's tax bracket. That was done away with, oh, 20 years ago. However, for every yin, there's a yang. And this yang is very expensive. I did a little research about this because I want people to understand what the stretch provisions are and why it's bad that they're gone. So first, the stretch provisions used to allow if somebody passed away and the IRA went to a beneficiary other than a spouse, that the beneficiary could take that income out over their life expectancy. So basically, your 50-year-old son inherits your IRA and they don't take it out based on your your beneficiary requirement, but their beneficiary requirement, which would allow them to stretch out that income for decades, meaning they could take a little bit of money out of the IRA and pay taxes on it as they went, but they didn't ultimately have to take it all out at once and risk a great big tax bill in a particular year. Now, who does this matter to? This does not matter to people with small IRAs that are going to pass to their kids, that their kids are likely going to take it out, spend the taxes on it to get to the money. And there are a lot of Americans in that situation. But there are an increasing number of Americans. What we think about is your high income earners having income of, you know, say $100,000 to $150,000 a year. So certainly not the top 1% or even the top 2%. But what they are is they are consistent savers. Or like I like to say, they have the squirrel badge. They're good little savers. They always make sure they save a lot of their income for a rainy day, for retirement, and maybe as a legacy. Now, if you've been saving the maximum amount that you could save in your 401k for a number of years, it would not be unusual for you to have IRAs that exceed 
500,000, 750,000, or a million dollars. Especially after the last 10 years. If you've invested in a portfolio that had exposure to the stock market, I got to tell you, this last 10 years has been a boom market. Those IRAs could be substantial. Now, it really doesn't matter as much for you. You turn 72, you have to take so much money out every year for the rest of your life. That percentage changes every year as you get older and you get closer to the end of your life. The calculation is done every year based on the fair market value at the end of the year for the following year. Now, if one spouse dies, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to kill you first because, you know, statistically, you're going first. Husband dies, the IRA can either go as a beneficial IRA for the spouse or a direct IRA for the spouse. You always, always want this to be a direct IRA for the spouse because then you get the spouse's life expectancy and the spouse doesn't lose the ability to pass it on to the next generation. So there wouldn't be a really good reason for a beneficial IRA to a spouse versus a direct to a spouse. So remember that you always want to think direct, direct when we're talking about husband and wife. Now, because women live on average seven years longer than men and their average life expectancy is in the 80s. Imagine when the second spouse passes away, the average age of the children. The average age of the children is between 46 and 55. Why does this matter? Because at age 55, under the key provisions of the old stretch IRA, your child would have had 28 years to dollar cost average the tax consequences of that IRA, taking the money out. But now what they have is 10 years level. So let's talk about what else is happening in your children's lives between the age of 46 and 55. Hello, can anybody say college? Yeah, their kids are in college. What's that mean to them? They are filing financial aid forms. Now, why does this matter? Because excluded from financial aid forms are IRAs, even beneficial IRAs as an asset for college. But income, any income, or shall I say, any taxable income goes on the FAFSA form. So now let's just assume I have a million dollar IRA that I've inherited. I've got kids going to college. I'm filling out FAFSA. My husband and I don't make a lot of money. Maybe together we make $85,000 a year, national average. At $85,000 a year, my children will be eligible for potentially a Pell Grant and also subsidized student loans our income's low enough. Now let's say I'm fortunate enough that even though I lost my parents and I'm very sad about that, I now have this big IRA that I've received. I have 10 years to take it out. And 10 years straight math means this year I have to take $100,000 out of my IRA. Now that $100,000 is taxable. And if I put that on top of my other $85,000, That puts me in a little bit bigger than a 25% tax bracket, but let's just use 25%. Let's just be even. So that means I declare $100,000, but I really only get $75,000 because I have to pay taxes. That $75,000 on top of the $85,000 we were making 
now means that my children don't get any subsidized interest on their loans. They don't get any Pell Grants. So now I have to come up with all that money out of pocket. Under the stretch IRA, I could have deferred that income and then been able to get some financial aid, but now I'm completely out. Even things like interest I'm going to pay back, but it's just deferred until my kids graduate. I'll be out on those kinds of things. Why would they sneak this little bill through? First of all, it's not a little bill. It's a lot of pages. And they throw in some other things to kind of distract people, like the idea that you could take money out of your IRA one time, this beneficial IRA for $5,000 if you were, you know, having a baby or chronically ill. You could do it without the penalty. You'd still have to pay taxes, but you could do it without the penalty. It would also be true if you were doing an adoption. It did create a little bit of tax savings for business owners, but frankly, not enough that I think business owners are really going to jump at it. But let me tell you this. One of the things that they changed, which I kind of like, this is kind of crazy, is the ability to add annuity options to the 403B, 401k plans. Now, why does this matter? Well, it matters to the insurance companies. Annuities create an income stream for employees, but they also take the lump sum as a trade-off. Annuity products tend to be more, let's just say weighty and expensive. And you could always go buy an annuity with your 401k when you retired. And people do do that, buy a deferred, you know, an income annuity and change it to a pension. But the idea that they can put it right in a retirement plan is about making sure that you actually never get that money for yourself, that you flip it over to an income stream, and then whatever principles left over goes to the insurance company when you die rather than to your children. So the insurance company's happy. This creates more tax revenue to the government. And let's face it, if you've seen the deficit, you know that this works for them. They're going to get a lot more money and they're going to tax a lot more money significantly quicker as baby boomers enter retirement and this generational wealth happens, they're going to collect significantly more money. But what this really means is they've created a disadvantage for working and saving Americans over wealthy Americans who get to pass nearly the bulk of their entire estate tax-free in America today. So if any of you believe that the tax breaks that we just went through were tax cuts for the middle class, guess what, guys? It is just not true. Now, what should you be doing now? Well, there are a few things we could do with this. First is, if your estate plan is the beneficiary of your IRAs, which is very common that the trust provisions allow for the beneficiaries to take their RMD over their lifetime, you're going to need to go change these documents. That's a trip to your attorney or a phone call to your attorney to see whether or not the language in your trust needs to be modified to meet the new changes in the SECURE Act. And of course, everybody loves one more trip to the attorney. So if you've been a good financial advisor and a good financial client and you did your estate plan and you're not yet retired or you are retired, but you're both still alive and you're using your trust as a beneficiary to set up for minor children, then you need to know that you're likely going to have to amend your trust, go to an attorney and have your trust reviewed. If your trust is not in alignment with the law of the time, what happens is it'll force the tax consequences of that money out in a way that may not be appropriate for your children. And the problem is 
you'll be long gone by the time your kids know about it. Second thing you could do is you could take a look at, especially if you're a retiree, if your taxable income is fairly low, and by fairly low, I mean fifty or $70,000, and your IRA is big, over $500,000, you may want to think about a spend-down plan where you're taking money out of your IRA every year, despite the fact that you could leave it in, because your bracket might be less than the bracket of your children. Now, we all grow up with this idea that our kids will do better than us. And if you've been successful and your children are more successful than you ever were, you need to know that you're not doing them any favors. Going straight to them. Their bracket, significantly higher than yours, might actually be not good for them. So what you could do is a small Roth conversion every year to allow you to start to pay some taxes on the IRA and move some of that money over to the tax-free side. Now, it can't be your required minimum distributions, but you could do it forever. You could be retired. You could be doing this for the rest of your life if you wanted to. And basically taking it out in a lower bracket than you put it away at and a lower bracket than your children will pay. This is a good strategy to make sure that what they get is wrapped in the best possible package. The best possible package, obviously, is tax-free. So if you could make that conversion, that would be great. For those of you that maybe haven't saved as much and are still working at age 70, and God knows I know many of these people not ready to lay down, just not interested in being home all day, the change in the law does allow you to continue to save for retirement. But remember, if you've been hammering money into savings, you've got to think about how it comes back out on the other side. For all of us over age 55, we now need to be thinking about how that money will come out to our children and how to make sure that they get the most of all of our hard work. You can learn more about the Tax Act or what they call the Secure Act in a variety of places, you can Google it and learn even more. What you need to know is this is the act with a little nibble and a great big bite. Until we talk again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.